Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Well, hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Mike. Are you ready for a new format for a message today? I'm pretty excited about it. Now, we've done some marriage uh, retreats where we've preached together, but we've never preached a Sunday together. We have not never done this before, especially not on video. That's right. Well, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun, too. I hear that you've got a couple jokes to uh, kind of warm us up before the message. Yeah, I have some jokes. So we went to a conference last fall, and Bill Johnson was preaching, and he started with jokes. And I thought, if it's good enough for Bill Johnson, it's probably good enough for me. And so here are some jokes to start us off today. Okay, Mike, what kind of jokes does the CDC recommend right now? I don't know, Elizabeth. What kind of jokes does the CDC recommend? Inside jokes. <laughs> okay. The second joke that we have for today is brought to us by Julie Roy on Facebook, and it says this. Coronavirus has turned us all into dogs. Dogs? Yeah. We roam the house all day looking for food. We're told no if we get too close to strangers, and we get really excited about car rides. <laughs> I love the car ride part. Okay, here's here's the last one, and okay. then we'll get into the word. So my mom always told me I wouldn't amount to anything lying around on the couch. <laughs> okay. But here I am saving the world. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That's good stuff. So we are so happy to share the word with our church family today. We miss you terribly. We're really excited for the time that we're going to be able to get back together, but we are happy to share the word with you via the podcast and the video. There we are. All right, here we go. So today is Palm Sunday. It's the day that we remember Jesus entering into Jerusalem, and he was coming into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, and we remember this as the Last Supper. So he's coming closer to his death on the cross, but on this day, the people rejoiced as he came. He came riding on a donkey, which might seem like a lowly choice, but really it represented him being a king. So a very, very large crowd welcomed him by spreading their cloaks on the ground and palm branches on the road as he approached. And so John 12, 13 tells us that the crowd shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. So the crowd was very excited to see Jesus. The crowd that was present for the raising of Lazarus, had spread the news about Jesus. They said, uh, you've got to see this guy. He does the most amazing miracles. And a crowd came to see him because they had heard about his miracles. And they were right to honor Jesus. They shouted, Hosanna, which means God saves. That's right. I love that word, God saves, Hosanna. And that they're shouting, blessed is the king of Israel. Because in this picture with Jesus riding on the donkey and coming into Jerusalem, it's like they're getting it so right. They're shouting, God saves. Yes, he saves. And, and that blessed is the king of Israel. And like they're so right. And yet they didn't really get the big picture because um, they're thinking of an earthly king. They're thinking of just a political king uh, to help them with the Roman Empire and to bring them freedom. Um, and the, the reality is Jesus is the king of kings. And he had come to to indeed save them, Hosanna, God saves. But he wanted to save them by going to the cross and giving up his life. He wasn't going to save them by going straight to a throne. He was going to save them by going to the cross later that week. 
That's right. And so they honored Jesus as their king. But just like you said, that very same week, the crowd would shout, crucify him. It's obvious to us as we read it that they were right to honor him and very wrong to condemn him to death. And so the crowds are mentioned several times in both stories. We see the crowds getting it right and we see the crowds getting it wrong. And so we also in life, sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. And so when I think about the crowd honoring Jesus as he entered Jerusalem and then turning on him so suddenly, I wonder what happened. And it really reminded me of the parable of the sower. So let me tell you a little bit, a little bit about that. So Jesus told this metaphorical story to a crowd so large that he had to go and sit in a boat and they were standing on the shore listening to him. And so in this story, the farmer goes out to sow some seed. And so some seed fell on the path. It was eaten by birds. Some fell on rocky places and withered because it had no root. Some fell among thorns, which choked the plants. And other seed fell on good soil and produced a great crop. And so the parable is about four types of people who hear the word of God. And uh, I've been doing this, the Bible in one year reading plan by Nikki Gumbel. Thank you, Sharon Stells, for recommending it to me. (laughs) And so in my Bible reading plan, he characterizes the four people this way. The first is the hard-hearted. They hear the word, but they don't believe. The second is the faint-hearted. They hear the word and respond to it enthusiastically, but when trouble comes, they fall away because they have no roots. Um, I believe this describes the crowd. They were really excited about Jesus, but there was no depth to their belief in him. At the end of the week, they would be swayed and condemn him to death. Now, the third type of person to hear the word is the half-hearted. They seem very responsive to the word, but later drop out due to the thorns of life, such as Worry, riches, and pleasures. These believers are sincere, but the distractions of life crowd in around them, stopping them from growing. Their growth is stunted, and they bear no fruit. We cannot let the worries of life take away our sincere faith in Jesus. Now, you know there's a lot in our world right now that we can be worrying about. We're all concerned about our health and safety with the coronavirus pandemic. The other day, my daughter Abigail, who's a nurse, was getting ready to go to work, and I just started to worry. I'm not normally a worrier, but it just started to kind of like come over me like I'm so concerned about um, what she might come into contact with, and I'm so concerned about what situation she might find herself in, and I just started to worry and worry, and I had to take that worry to Jesus. I was really scared, but I had to say, Jesus I trust you. I asked some of my friends also to pray. And I said, will you guys just please please pray for Abigail? And it really calmed my heart. It really helped me when I was really starting to worry. If I let worry consume me, I could become paralyzed and Mm -hmm. stop growing. And we do not want lives where there's no growth and no fruitfulness. So our fruit should be evident and Um, The fruit of the Spirit that we see in Galatians is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit, which brings me to the fourth type of person who hears the word. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. So this person is wholehearted. So we have the the hard-hearted, the faint-hearted the half-hearted, now the whole-hearted. So Jesus describes this type of believer in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. This is what it says. 
those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So what is the condition of your heart? Are you faint-hearted, rejecting the truth about Jesus? Are you half-hearted, your faith easily stopped by trouble? Are you half-hearted, you sincerely follow Jesus, but the cares of this life cause you to stop growing and producing fruit? Or are you wholehearted, responsive, determined, holding on to faith, no matter what? That's good. And I think, you know, part of the priority is we've got we've to make God's word a priority in our lives. And, you know, when we make his word a priority in our lives, then it gives us a, a framework to decipher, like, is the crowd around me getting it right? Or is it the crowd around me right now getting it wrong? Um, and, you know, do I join in with the crowd or don't I? And, you know, being able to know what God's word says helps me know whether to go with them or not. And maybe if they're only getting part of the story or the whole story. I know in the COVID-19 um, environment that we're in right now, there's been several things that have really come to my heart. One of them is, you know, loving our neighbor. Like, that's a really big key right now. We've got to make sure that we're looking out for people that we don't know and we don't see as well as our own families. Um, I think about Romans chapter 13 where it talks about honoring the governing authorities and having a right attitude towards them. And it always impresses me that that scripture was written in the context of uh, the Roman government, which was corrupt and harsh and all those kind of things, and they were being encouraged to you know respect the government around them uh, i 've been thinking about romans i mean philippians four six be anxious for nothing you know don't don 't make any decisions out of fear, but you know take your anxiety to the Lord and um, the other scripture that 's in my heart is first uh, john four eighteen perfect love drives out all fear. Um, I love that because I just I know that God doesn't want us in a place of fear right now. He wants us to be hid in him and confident in him. And so, you know, these are scriptures that are giving me a framework with, you know, which crowds to agree with and which crowds to go. Ah, I don't know that God agrees with you, that his word agrees with you. Yeah, that's right. Philippians 4, 6 is really where I had to go the other day when I was worried. And that verse tells us that instead of worrying, we should pray. Take it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. We want to be believers that hold on to the word no matter what. And unfortunately, the crowd that welcomed Jesus so enthusiastically at the beginning of the week, they turned on him at the end of the week. So the religious leaders were against Jesus. They were really jealous of him, and they had him arrested. He ended up being brought before their governor, Pilate, and Pilate could find no basis for charges against Jesus. And it was the custom during Passover feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. And so Pilate intended to release Jesus, but the religious leaders persuaded the crowd to ask for a prisoner named Barabbas. Barabbas was imprisoned on charges of insurrection and murder, and the chief priest stirred up the crowd. And when Pilate asked what he should do with Jesus, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, Pilate was afraid of the crowd, starting an uproar, but wanting to satisfy the crowd, he gave in to their demand. He decided to release Barabbas and condemn Jesus to death on the cross. This is what he said in Matthew 27, verse 24. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. And the crowd's response in verse 25 is particularly chilling. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Yeah, that is chilling. It's 
it's crazy because like at the beginning of the week, the crowds are shouting, Hosanna, God saves. And yes, he saves. Now they're shouting, crucify him. And, um, you know, what they didn't understand when they're, when they're saying this, let his blood be on us and our children was, that's exactly what he was trying to do. He's, he's giving up his life for us. He's pouring out his blood and his life that we might be able to be forgiven of our sins. And, you know, I, one of the things that's really compelling to me in all of this is, regardless of whether or not the crowd is getting it right or if the crowd is getting it wrong, Jesus always loves the crowds. Mm, that's true. And even when they're shouting crucify, even when they're saying let his blood be on us and our families, Jesus is like, yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm doing right here. Um, you know, it's true that he just, he loves the crowds. He loves these people. And, mm-hmm. and he's given up his life for these people. And I just want to encourage you today um, to know that Jesus is for you. And regardless of where the crowd is, um, he's given his word to you and he's given his life up for you. And as we're entering into this week where we're honoring the sacrifice that Jesus made, I just encourage you to thank him. Thank him all throughout the week. Thank him for the excruciating pain that he had to go through for us. Thank him for the way that he was willing to give up his life for us. And you know, maybe you find yourself at home today and you're in one of those places where you you need some forgiveness. You need some release from the shame and the weight of decisions that you've made in your life. I want to tell you, you're not alone. All of us have, have, have those feelings and, and um, have experienced that. And that's the reason Jesus came was to save us, was to forgive us, to remove our shame, and to give us the empowerment to live in a world that's still broken. And surely we know that it's broken, but he gives us the peace, the strength, the grace, the protection, um, and the empowerment so that we can live a life that um, is, is fruitful, just like your uh, scripture was talking about today, fruitful. And so if you're in that place today and you need to make a decision for Jesus, it's not a complicated prayer. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. It's Jesus, forgive me. I thank you for what you've done for me on the cross. And um, I ask you to remove my sin, take away my shame. I want to have a new life a brand new life in you. If you've prayed that prayer today, um, I just want to encourage you to reach out to us. Uh, let us know that you've prayed that prayer because we want to walk with you and we're really excited for you. This is the week for us as believers in Jesus where um, we are so humbled and yet so excited. We're so humbled because we know that he went to a cross and died a real death. But we're so excited because we know that he overcame death. He rose from the dead. We're going to celebrate and talk about that next Sunday. Um, I want to encourage you to reach out to us again if, if you're making a decision for Jesus. You can email us at friends at victorychristian.church. We would love to hear from you. Or you can go to the website to, hear, to learn more. Hey, I wanted to give a, a sneak peek about, peek about what's going on next week. Oh, I'm so excited. So next week, we're going to produce our service online like we have been and um, one of the things that we want to do is we want to take communion as a church. Wow. And so to do that, we're going to do an, uh, a Zoom meeting where you can um, get the app on your phone and video in, or you can um, even call in. We'll give a telephone number. You can just call in on your telephone and listen in. And uh, together as a church family at noon next Sunday on Easter, 
we're going to receive communion together. On Easter. Doesn't that sound like fun? That's awesome. So, by the way, you're going to need to get your own little bread and juice or cup. And if you don't have juice, do whatever you need to because this is a faith act. And we're just going to honor what Jesus did for us, take communion together. It's going to be a, kind of a, a big party and a big honoring of Jesus all at once at noon next Sunday. That sounds really great. Yeah. Hey, you did a great job. Thank you. All right. I love you. I love you. (laughs) We'll see you all later. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.